0: please. Acts chapter 9 in your Bible. This is a conversion of the Apostle Paul who was named Saul in the passage but God changed his name because he changed his heart and he changed his direction. By the way, God can do that. Amen? Amen? Amen. God can change people's hearts. You wouldn't be here tonight if God couldn't cha- didn't change your heart. That's right. Amen. I look at some of the folks in this church and I thank God. God changed your heart one day. Yeah. Amen. Oh, uh, Old Brother Joe, mean as a junkyard dog back there. <laughs> Amen. At, 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 used to be. <laughs> used to be. Right? So winner came by and he chased him off the porch, tried to get him saved, chased him off the porch, didn't you? <laughs> and uh, some of them you did and finally you listened right figured God was trying to get through to you and he got saved amen and uh, now he's here he's got a new knee got a new heart and a new knee amen <laughs> and uh, God did some good things in his life and uh, you know you can always look back at times in your life when God did change your life when God did the work in your heart you know and uh, those days are those days are really precious amen I look back at the days when uh, just a teenager in church had a great pastor loved us worked hard and um, he'd even point his bony finger at us from time to time and say you teenagers you better get right with God and uh, I I agreed. My sister did need to get right with God, and um, in fact, all of them did. But you know, you know, when you allow God to work in you, God does some good things. And I want to speak on Paul, and I want to look at tonight here at a man who wanted to do a work for the Lord. And that's what I want to preach on tonight: a man who wanted to do a work for the Lord. That was the Apostle Paul. So let's begin verse 1 here in this passage. And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues that if he found any this way whether they were men or women. He didn't care did he? Whether they were men or women, woman, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Now, notice the heart of that guy. He was uh, threatening God's people, he's breathing out threatening slaughter. He wanted to slaughter them. Verse three And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Notice what he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick Against the praise. A lot of people kick against God. H- have you ever kicked against God? Have you ever kicked against God? God's poking you and you kicked against God. Uh, can I tell you what? Paul didn't do that. Let's see what Paul did. Verse number six. And he, trembling, and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Let's stop and pray right there tonight. God, thank you for the word tonight. Take it, and use it in our lives, in our hearts tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Apostle Paul wanted to do work for God. He was a, the Bible says he was a hateful man. He was a man full of threatening. He was full of slaughter. And he went to the high priest to get letters where he could find anybody, man or woman, who was a Christian and either slaughter them or throw them in prison. He was not a nice man. In fact, he was renowned throughout all the churches to stay away from him, to stay clear of him. He was renowned in the churches. We know that in later passages. They said, stay away from him. He'll take you, he'll throw you into prison. You know, we don't live in fear tonight that somebody's going to come into this church and take us and grab us and put us in prison. But he did. He did. And people, Christians did at that time. So, Z's journey comes near Damascus, and he was going there to persecute Christians, throw them in prison, and suddenly God got a hold of him. God got a hold of him. God came down in the form of a light. God is the light. And What did he do? He fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And notice what he said, verse 6. He trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? He wanted then immediately to do something for the Lord. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do what you want me to do. Now, there's something very interesting about that. And here's here's some things that are interesting about that. Number one, he had no knowledge of who God was. He had no idea who he was talking to, but he knew he was God because he said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, he knew it was God. And he said, Lord, Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. He had he an had open heart. He had a tender heart. He had a heart that said, Lord, if you want to use me in any way, God, here I am. You know, there's not many people doing that today. Uh, the world culture has a culture of selfishness. Our culture today is this selfish desire that says, live for yourself. Let me tell you something. That's why people are so unhappy and miserable today. Because they're living for self. It doesn't mean, and by the way, it doesn't mean that God calls everybody. It means that everybody should be willing to do whatever God wants you to do. That's what he means. And he opened his heart to God. Now, wait a minute. One minute, he's this threatening Slaughter man threatening people, finding any man or a woman. There's something wrong with a a man who'd want to abuse a woman. He wanted to take her, any woman, and throw her into prison. He didn't care. He probably threw kids in there for all we know. He was a bad dude. But God changed his heart, God changed his life. God gave him. God put something new inside of him. It wasn't fake. It wasn't, it wasn't something he just manufactured because it, st- it stuck with him the rest of his life. And, and, and so he said, Lord, I want to do something for you. I want to tell you something. When you get saved, there should be a desire to do something for the Lord. And Paul didn't even know anything about God. He didn't know doctrine. He didn't know anything. He knew Jewish law, but he didn't know Jesus. He didn't know the Lord, but he said, whatever you want me to do, Lord. You know, (laughs) this can sound funny, but God uses dummies. That's how I got in. Amen? God uses dummies. Because, you see, sometimes some people are so smart, they're too smart for God. They got it all figured out, and God ain't in that plan. So God's got to take (laughs) a dummy. Who doesn't know anything about God? By the way, those are the best converts. Amen. It's better to get a convert like that than a convert that's you gotta pull all the old baggage out of them. And all the old false doctrines. It's possible, thank God, but it's better when there's somebody don't know no, nothing about God. Amen. He didn't know. He had no idea who he was saying this to. Secondly, notice he had no idea. What that meant, Lord? What wilt thou have me to do? He was just willing. He was of a willing heart. Oh, can I tell you, young person? Just allow God. Just have a willing heart. Amen. Yeah. Have a willing heart. Don't make God have to chisel away all the hard heart before He gets to your heart. Uh, don't 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 make God have to shake you up and turn you upside down and and, uh, run you through the ringer to get you to wake up? Uh, Don't do that. Go to God with a willing heart. Approach God purposely and say, Lord, here I am. I'd like to do something for you. I'd like to do something for you. I don't want to die in my grave saying I did nothing for God. I don't want to die that way. I want to do something. I want to accomplish something for the Lord Jesus. I got plenty of goals. I got lots of goals of things I want to accomplish for the Lord. I'm in my mind right now. I'm thinking about three things. You say, uh, "Why don't you tell us what they are?" Because you can't afford them. <laughs> Amen. But there's a God that can. There's a God that can. There's a God that can. He said, I want to do something for God. He had no knowledge of God. Secondly, he immediately had a heart to do something for God. He got saved. The light struck in his heart. He got saved. He said, Lord, what do you have me to do? Now, he he gets baptized here later on. But even before he's baptized, he says, Lord, what would I have me to do? And, And by the way, I think that's the same heart that caused him to get baptized. Because baptism is the first step of salvation. First step, not of salvation. Don't get me wrong. I said that wrong. It's the first step after salvation. Amen. Thank you. Some people only hear my mistakes. <laughs> first step of salvation, after salvation. I said it again. <laughs> Grab that and spit that out. First step after salvation. By the way, that came from a willing heart, too. That came from a willing heart. What? God wants me to be baptized? I don't know about that. We We had a dear black lady years ago when I first came. She got saved. Maudie Potts. How many of you remember Maudie? You remember Maudie? Maudie came. She got saved. But she's scared to death of water. And I talked to her about getting baptized. She, mm, I don't know about that, preacher. She didn't want, to, she was scared to death to get baptized. I, and I tried to reassure her, Maudie, I'll heat the water up. I, I won't drop you. I'll take good care of you. Oh, preacher, I know you will, but I'm just scared to death. <laughs> about six months later, she came. Okay, preacher. I'll get baptized. One Sunday she came, fear and trembling, got in the water, took her hand, brought her in the water. She got baptized. She wanted to do do something for the Lord. Thank God, the Apostle Paul here, hey, I want to tell you something. Your life is too short to live for yourself. The most unhappy people are people that live for themselves because God did not make you just to be a receiver. He made you to be a sieve where his blessings come not to you but through you. That's that's what Paul was. He was a sieve. God blessed him and what God did in him, it went out and, and God blessed him again and it went out. That's how how to have a wonderful life. That's how to do something for God. Sometimes a Christian won't want to do anything for God. They want to sit on a pew. I don't know about you, but Apostle Paul, he didn't want to just sit. He wanted to do something for the Lord. He wanted to do something for the Lord. Do we want to do something for the Lord? Do we really have that kind of heart? He immediately wanted to do something for the Lord. There's a third thing I noticed. He didn't come up with an excuse. You know, he could have, he could have had a lot of excuses. He could have said, "Lord, I'm, I'm I got a plan for my life here. I'm I'm trying to be a big big shot here in the Sanhedrin. I, I want to be a big shot in the, the 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 Jewish priesthood. I I want to be known." <laughs> he could have said that. You know, he had to take a humble position because when they, when they he, he didn't fit in with anybody after that. He didn't fit in with God's crowd because they were all afraid that he was going to kill them. And they were all standoffish. And he certainly didn't fit with the old crowd that he was running with that was trying to uh, kill Christians. He didn't fit in anywhere. I'll tell you where he did fit in. He fit into what God wanted him to do. Amen. And he did it. He, did, he didn't say, Lord, uh, you know, when the Lord calls, don't make an excuse. When the Lord calls, don't make an excuse. You say, I got a plan for my life. God's got a better plan. God's got a better plan. We have to be convinced of this or we'll live our plan in an unfruitful life. He, he didn't come up with an excuse. Number four, he immediately changed his own plan. He immediately changed his own plan. Now, he, he was heading somewhere. They trusted him to be in this position where he was a persecutor. They were trying to get rid of this new Christianity thing because they felt it threatened both Herod, his rule, and the Romans. Everybody wanted to get rid of them. So, Paul said, I'm going to go kill him." God struck him down, and guess what happened? (laughs) He changed his whole plan. He said, "Uh, I'm, I'm on the winning team now, just like that. Just like that, you know. I hear people say sometimes salvation. Well, you know, salvation's a process. No, salvation's instantaneous. Hey. Growing in the Lord's a process, yeah, right. but salvation's instantaneous. By the way, you can't get, you can't grow in the Lord like you could, should, if salvation wasn't instantaneous, because He had to come in to help you grow. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. So. He changed his life plan. Just like that. Just like that. I know what that feels like. Because I was, my dad wanted me to go into his business. I was the only boy. My dad had a successful ski lodge right there on Steamboat Spring Ski Hill. I loved to ski. We'd be sitting in church sometimes and we'd have metal roofs and also, we're sitting in the church, and the preacher's preaching, you know, and the church is cold during the week. But finally, when it heats up, all that heat goes up to the metal roof. And about the middle of the sermon, snow would come off. We had windows on the side there, and you'd see these great big things of snow from the week snowfall go down, and, and it just landed on all the cars <laughs> that were there. you have to shovel your car out to get home. And uh We complain when there's a little bit of ice, (laughs) you know. So what did he do? He changed his life plan. Preacher, I got a plan for my life. Hey, if God calls you, he got a better plan. He got a better plan. And I can tell you what, this even if he doesn't call you, serving him is a better plan than serving the devil. Amen. Right. Yeah. You serve the devil, your life is going to get destroyed. Yes, sir. And you'll wonder one day how you got there. You'll wonder how you got there. Mm. Don't, don't make that path. Don't choose that. So, he realized, he he changed his life plan number five. He realized that God had a purpose for him to accomplish. Look at verse 15. Look at verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. God had a plan. He said, This is what I want you to do. This is your calling. I want you to go to the Gentiles. Bear my name. <laughs> By the way, the will of God can get very specific. Oh, yeah, How do you think, why do you think the missionaries know where they're supposed to go? We have a missionary this morning. Why, why doesn't he say he can, uh, God just call me to whatever. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. No, he knew Nigeria is the place. And he knew the city he was going to. God did all that. God put all that in his heart. You know why I did? Because he was willing to know it. He was he was open hearted. He knew God had a plan for his life. I remember sitting in church and a preacher preaching. And he said, God's calling somebody. And I know he said it for me. Man, I went forward and surrendered, and I said, "Lord's called me to preach. 13 years old. By the way, there's, teenagers often quit on their calling. Well, I made an emotional decision back then. Hogwash. Amen. You made a spiritual decision back then. Right. You're backslidden now when you say God didn't call me when I made an emotional decision, hey, by the way, every calling, there's some emotion involved in it. Right. Amen? But when God called me, I just knew it. Boom. Hasn't changed. And now I'm an old geezer. Or I'm getting there fast. Miss um, Stallman always encourages me. She says, you're young. She's my new favorite church member. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Don't mess around with your calling. Don't mess around with what God wants you to do. Don't relegate your calling to some emotional decision you made. You made the right decision if God called you. By the way, if you didn't make the right decision back then, you wouldn't have made that decision at the time. Because who's going to stick their neck out and say, God's called me to preach or be a missionary? Who can do that? (laughs) Well, preacher, you know, sometimes we get older and we get mature. and We realize we didn't, you know, we made a young decision. I hear this all the time. We got married, married when we were young. Guess what? You may be old, but you still got to be married to the same one, even though you married them when they were young. Amen. 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 All right, notice next. Not only did he realize God had a purpose for him to accomplish, but notice this, he knew there was going to be some hardships on that pathway. You know, that caused a lot of people not to do, not to surrender to God. Look at verse 16. These are the words of Jesus. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He knew there was going to be some hardships. There's hardships along the way. We were at lunch today, and brother. Uh, Barker told us, he said, there's an area where you go, you, where there's half Muslim he said, I had to learn, you can't go up to a Muslim woman, give her a track, and try to talk to her. He said, you can't do that. If she's married, uh-uh, that's a solicitation. But you go, you, you can't go, go give her gospel track. People will come in and hoard you and defend her. You know? Sometimes... Uh, um, A missionary or a preacher will get into a situation he didn't intend to, doing it out of the right heart, doing it out of the right motive in his life, and all of a sudden he finds himself in a difficulty. You know, in the will of God is some suffering. In the will of God is some suffering. But you know what? A real Christian with some grit says, Bring it on. I'm going to keep serving God anyhow. Amen. devil ain't going to chase me off. I'm going to keep on serving the Lord. By the way, I'm glad that missionary this morning said something that I try to do in our church. And that is, I don't want the missionary just to come be a blessing to us. I want us to be a blessing to that missionary. I think that's important. Because when he gets on that field and the old devil starts hitting him, saying, you just need to quit and give up. It's too hard here. He's going to remember a church that encouraged him and was praying for him. And that's a role I think we ought to try to, you know, fill. And and he did it. He, he uh, He's going on serving the Lord. You know, there are going to be some crazy things happen to you. You know, um, I heard, uh, I heard about, I hear this whole time anymore, it seems like, a preacher or a preacher's wife gets hurt. They get hurt, and they want to quit. <laughs> Can I tell you how many times I've been hurt, or my wife's been hurt? Amen? I mean, it happens. It happens. It happens. You got to get to a place where when you get hurt, you're like, okay, i give them to God and just go on. Amen. Amen. You love them and you don't want that to happen. You don't want to, you know, retaliate or be angry, but hey, listen, hurt is a real thing. And you know, when I got in the ministry, I thought, boy, everybody's going to love me. <laughs> Amen. Everybody's going to think, whoo, this is, the most, this is the best thing in the world. Um, but it's not always like that. Let me tell you something, you've got to keep on going on anyway. Allow God to heal the hurt. He will. But don't let it stop you from doing something for God. Because it's just the devil trying to stop you. That's all. And Paul didn't have anybody on his side now. And then while while the church is afraid of him, and now his group that he was with before has rejected him because he got saved, he's not with anybody. Now God comes to him and says, oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you, you got to suffer a lot of things for my name. Who's going to sign up for that? Who's going to want to get involved in that? I'll tell you who, somebody who wants to do something for the Lord. Somebody who wants to see the Lord glorified in their life, to see people get saved, to see people hear the gospel, to to see people find Christ. That's what matters. So sometimes you just got to go through the, the negatives. There's lots of pressures that we see in Paul's life financial problems financial problems uh, weird things going on heartaches burdens you say you're painting a bad picture no I Paul Paul was being God was being realistic to Paul and I think I think God told Paul this to prepare him not to not to make him quit, but to to say in his mind, you know, there's some things to suffer. Not everybody's going to love you, Paul. <laughs> and he tells later on it happened. You know, spent a day and a night in the deep, shipwrecked, you know, stone beaten. Who's going to sign up for that? A man who loves God wants to do something for God. Yeah. Amen. He had some hardships. Number 8, he learned the way, he had to learn the ways of God. Notice verse 19, what happened? And when he received meat. By the way, there's a good point. Amen. Eat some meat. Amen. Hey. It's okay to eat a cheeseburger. It's in the Bible. <laughs> By the way, what did that meat do for him? What did that meat do for him? He was strengthened. <laughs> that ain't no spinach from Popeye. He got some meat. Hey, Amen. Hmm, come and dine. You know, the Bible says come and die, not come and diet. Am I right? I knew you'd say that. But you got some meat. By the way, you know, the best servants of God are housed in physical bodies. We have physical bodies that we have to take care of. And the better we take care of our body, the better the Lord can use us. Amen? He had some meat. He was strengthened. But notice here, then was certain. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. He was having fellowship with them. He was learning the ways of God. And by the way, remember why he was going to Damascus? He was going to kill the same people that he was having fellowship with. What a change God made. See, God does that. He changes your heart. He makes you, he gives you this goal. I can do something for God. Amen. I can do something for God. I can see somebody get saved. There's no greater joy than seeing somebody get saved. Amen. And and that that thought thrilled Paul. To know that he could go, he could go throughout the world and, 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 Talk to people. And uh, you remember he went by the river and saw Lydia and um, sell her a purple. She believed the Lord with all her heart. <laughs> Paul was, man, that made Paul excited. He was glad to serve the Lord. You know, Christians today are really very lackluster about telling people about the Lord I've seen this in big churches. Big churches, they get full of people, and they think, we don't need to tell people about the Lord. We got all these people in this church. The problem, uh, listen, it doesn't matter what size. It doesn't matter what size. Everybody's supposed to be telling people about Jesus. Amen. All of us. Because we want to do something for the Lord. We want our life to mean something. We want it to have purpose eternally. We want to plant the seed, and then maybe we can water the seed. See, those that's three places that God uses us. Planting, watering, and seeing God give the increase. Planting, watering, and seeing God give the increase. He knew there was going to be some hardships. He had to learn the ways of God. You know, I think a call to preach is a call to prepare. I think a call to preach is to get some learning under you. You know why? Because God calls dummies. Right? By the way, I mean that I mean that very endearingly. Very respectfully. Because there's down-to-earth people who I have a lot more respect for. Humble people that I have a whole lot more respect for than some of these people got it all figured out and and aren't using a bit of their life for God. So he had to learn the ways of God. You know, anyone who's going to serve God has got to learn more about God and His Word. We've got to know doctrine. We've got to know Salvation, we've got to know the different garbage out there to be able to get, answer every man of the hope that lies within us. So, Paul had to learn that. But he, what he did was, it was evident to other people that he, he knew the Lord, that he wanted to serve the Lord. Look at verse 22. It says, but Saul increased more and more in strength and confounded the Jews which dwelt at Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. He, by his life, he increased more and more, and everybody was amazed at what God had done in him. You know, I'll tell you what, I want to see these young people grow up and serve the Lord. And we get old, let's stand back and be like, whoa, look at what God did in that young person. Amen. Look at what God did in them. Whew. He had an evident heart for God. And you know, people know it. People people know it. People can see and understand that there's there's something there that God's doing in that in that person's life. But it only come because they were willing. They were allowing God. They had an open heart to God. They they didn't close off their heart to God with some false understanding they they opened their heart and their mind to God that's what Paul did he had an evident heart for God and here's an important point he did not allow fear to control him from serving the Lord he got past fear you know when you serve the Lord you decide to do something for the Lord fear is going to enter into it and you got to get over it amen you really do. you got to get over fear. Why? Because it's boldness that causes people to see Christ in us. It's boldness. Look at, look at verse 26. It says, And when Saul was come to Jerusalem, he essayed to join himself to the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him in and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way, and that he had spoken to him, and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. And he was with them, coming in and going out of Jerusalem, and he spake boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus, and disputed against the Grecians. But they went about to slay him. Now listen, he was the guy originally doing the killing the slaying, now He's in a position where, because of his boldness for the Lord, they want to slay him. (laughs) But you know what? He didn't allow that to happen. He said, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just going to preach the Word of God. Boy, when he preached, boy, if you understand the culture in the Bible days, wherever Paul went, it it was wicked and idolatrous and Fornication and and uh, evil. I mean, there was all kinds of evil spirits going on, and Paul just stood up and preached. He'd go in the synagogue and preach the word. He was he wouldn't allow fear to enter into his service for the Lord. He just hey, when you go when you go talk something about the Lord, don't be afraid. There that person behind the door is a person just like you are. They have a heart just like you do. They're just a They're just another needy soul. Amen? I I was over checking a missionary in a couple years ago over in a motel uh, across the highway, the La Quinta Inn. And I went up, put a fruit basket in the room, came down, and there was Barry Switzer standing there. Say what'd you do? Went up and said, hey, Barry, man, how's it going? (laughs) I didn't. I was heading up to him, and this big old strapping guy got right in front of me and shook Barry Switzer's hand. Coach Switzer, I played for the Longhorns back in such and such time, and he was going on and on. I said, you big galoot, you got in, in the path of my witnessing. I left there mad. Because I wanted to give Barry Switzer a track. Amen? And um, he went and played for the Cowboys, so I know he needed a gospel track. Amen? But hey, listen, we can't allow fear to control us. You'd be surprised what God will the people God will put in your path. Look at it as an opportunity to do something for God. And by the way, that person who has no name is just as important as that other person whom everybody knows. There's no difference. There's no difference. So I say to you tonight don't allow fear to control you. You have with you the one who created the heavens and the earth. You have with you the one who made the stars in the sky. You have with you all the promises of God and all the resources of God and all of the prayers of God's people. You have the word of God and you have the Holy Spirit of God. What more do you need? What more do we need? Nothing more. Nothing more. Oh, let's do something for God with our life. God will send somebody in your pathway. uh, Miss Christine told me years back that Baker Mayfield was in your class, right? Did you teach Baker? Yeah. She had some conversations with Baker Mayfield. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing who God puts in your path. You'd be surprised who God put in your path sometimes. But look at it as an opportunity to do something for the Lord. I can't wait to get to heaven to find out what God did. What God did. You know, I got to thinking about these Brazilian scriptures how they just haven't got through. You know, God makes no mistakes. I, it may be God. There's a reason for the delay. I don't know. There may be a reason that God wants those Christians to delay. I can tell you, He wants them to get there. That I can tell you. But it may be God has a, a plan, a purpose. We just got to trust God. Because if not, I'm going to call DHL and let them have it. Amen? I'm trying to be nice and let Brother Bingham handle it right now. Amen? But, you know, there may be a reason God's got a a plan for that, a purpose for that. I don't know. We just got to trust the Lord. But I'll tell you what, I want to see those scriptures get through sooner or later. God has a plan and we have to allow God to use us. Do you want to do something for God? You want to do something for God? I don't want to walk into heaven, open those pearly gates, greet a few angels, see loved ones, walk down some street of gold and they say, "Hey here, here's your here's your eternal abode." And I got some Mansion, and I walk in, and wow, this is beautiful. And there's a couple little tiny little things sitting in a corner. That's your reward. That's what you did for me. That's that's the sum of your love for me. The sum of your labors. The little trinkets. I I don't want that. Amen. I want a warehouse full of blessings. From God. I want continual crowns I can throw at His feet. I want to do something for the Lord. And by the way, God will use anybody, anybody who's willing, willing to be used. Are you willing to be used? Let's bow our heads tonight, let's close our eyes.